Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. So good to see you today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for worshiping with us. Happy early Valentine's Day. I wore my red shoes in honor of Valentine's Day. Somebody in the first service said, I couldn't listen to you the whole time because I was staring at your shoes. So look up here, look up here. Um, now, um, Thank you to our youth last night who provided um, a date night for people to be able to come and drop off their kids. They did a great job. Give the youth a hand. Corbin, Caitlin, thank you guys for putting that together. And, but let me, let me let you in a little secret, guys. That was date night. That was not Valentine's Day. So even if you took them out, do something tomorrow, okay? You will thank me later. I'll be getting, my phone will be going off tomorrow thanking me. Um, from all the men, so no, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, some of you guys just remember that, didn't you, just like, oh, I forgot about that, so, no, thank you for being here, and uh, just a couple quick announcements, first, next Sunday is Baptism Sunday, one of my favorite Sundays of the year, and both services will be baptizing people, and we've got a lot of people sign up to be baptized, it's going to be a great time, so be sure to join us, invite somebody, the other thing is, our condolences go out to uh, Karen, Carl and Karen, uh, Karen's mom, sister Catherine Lee passed away this past week, um, Sister Lee was a, a great and incredible woman of God, and uh, this, we're going to celebrate her life this Friday of Bethesda Assembly of God Church, and that's in South OKC, is that correct? I guess that's the part of Oklahoma City, um, off of I-44 over there, and uh, 89th, okay, yeah, and uh, we loved her very, very much, and we're just going to honor her life this week, so that'll be at 10 a.m. on Friday, correct? Okay, just want to make sure I have the time right, so amen. Uh, are you ready to hear the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Won't you stand with us as we honor the reading of God's Word? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. We saw 10 people raise their hand in the first service to receive Jesus. Can you put your hands together for that? I mean, that is incredible. So God is already doing some amazing things, and we're excited about this service as well. And I want to talk to you this morning from this topic. We've been talking about deeper things, going deeper with the Lord. I want to talk to you about this topic. You can't stop my praise. You can't stop my praise. Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then notice what happened. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Then he left them. Jesus did a mic drop. He just said that mic drop. <laughs> then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. If you've got your Bibles, will you hold it up? If not, just repeat these words after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to be taught the indescribable, incorruptible, mountain moving, devil chasing, chain breaking word of God. 
In Jesus' name, I will never be the same. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your anointing. It breaks every yoke of bondage. And Father, we thank you that without you, none of this is possible. So right now, we rest in you. We listen to your word so that we can know what it means to live the life you have called us to live. Father, we just thank you right now for leaving here challenged and changed. Help us leave here encouraged. Help us to leave here, Lord, hearing your words and being obedient to our heavenly calling. We thank you, Father, for this time together. We ask all these things in the mighty and the holy and the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people together said, Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the best looking thing I've seen all day, and you may be seated. That's why 10 people got saved this morning, because they had lied at the first part of the service. Just kidding. <clears throat> Have you ever noticed that at certain seasons of your life, certain times, scriptures can jump out at you in different ways? doesn't mean that scripture's different, but it means that you get something different out of it because of the, the, the season you're in, the phase of life, and those things have happened when you're going through when things are going good the book of job doesn't seem very comfortable you don't want to read it but how many of you know when calamity strikes all of a sudden the book of job can be comforting to you and it can be words that that help enrich your life um, whenever you're single you don't really care about all the marriage scriptures those kind of things don't really matter whenever you know whenever you're not whenever you're not a parent those parenting scriptures i was the best marriage counselor when i was single that's what the Bible says, do it, doesn't matter. I was the best parent before I ever had kids. My kid's not going to watch a phone five seconds after they're born. Watch this, Boston here, watch this. <laughs> Quit crying, watch this. Because all of a sudden when you go through things and those phases of your life, things jump out at you that you didn't notice before. Last Sunday night we were going through our um, routine of putting the kids in bed and and mainly, just to, not that you need to know all this, but, but Sarah gives Benjamin a bath, but he wants Dada to get him out of the bath. And so Dada gets him out of the bath, and he likes to go in there and scare Mama and scare Boppin'. So he goes, boop, and scares them. And so I carry him and his baby shark towel through the house um, so he can do that. And then Sarah puts him to bed and, and all of that. And then I, So I'm holding, used to, after we put Benjamin to bed, that was the time I could sit in the recliner, watch TV, relax, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now it's put our attention on Boston and put him to bed. So I'm holding Boston and we're getting all the bottles ready and all that stuff. And I lay him in the bed and I'm just looking at him and usually he is, no offense to my wife, she knows this, she tells people this, he is like me, he is more of a morning person than an evening person. Usually at night he's fussy, but in the morning I'm a morning person, he's usually happy. But last Sunday night, for whatever reason, he got real happy and he's laying there and he's smiling and you know he's cooing as we call it talking to me and I take a picture and I video it and I put it on Facebook because it didn't really happen if you don't put it on Facebook you know and so I'm sharing all of that and I'm excited and I go to bed don't think anything about it the next morning I'm up having my devotions and that scene just came back to my mind of him laying there talking out loud and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in that moment and said simply these words out of the mouth of nursing infants just that phrase. And I've heard that before. I've read the Bible many times. So, I mean, I, I, I ran to my, my Bible app to, and, and put in those words. And Psalms 8 came up. And Psalms 8 says, 
out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, thou hast ordained strength. And, but I remember that Jesus had said that. So I, I dug a little deeper, and I came up to Matthew 21. And whenever the, the writers of the New Testament are quoting Jesus, they are quoting in the Greek, what they're, they're, they're translating from the Hebrew into Greek, and they understand that the word in Hebrew for strength is the word praise. And so Jesus says there, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, thou hast, in the King James, says thou hast perfected praise. And I don't, I don't know, maybe it's because of the place of, of life that I'm in, but all of a sudden those words jump out because I've got a toddler and I've got a nursing infant and all of a sudden those words pop out in my mind in that moment. Let me set the setting for you very quickly. Jesus, it's the last week of Jesus' life. He's about to go to the cross. He rides in on a donkey and people are praising him and worshiping him in that moment. But then he gets off of there and he goes into the temple and he overthrows the tables and he runs people out and he says my house is to be a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves get out of here and then the bible says the blind and the lame come up to him and they run up to him and he heals them and their response is worship and then kids show up and kids began to worship and they began to say hosanna blessed are you son of david and the religious folks the church people get mad they are indignant i'll talk more about that later on but they are indignant and in that moment they look at jesus and they say don't you know what they're doing they're worshiping you who do you think you are and jesus looks at them and i love this he says have you not even read your own bible because in your own bible it says out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise have you not read that yourself and he mic drops and he walks out the door and he goes to bethany and he's like hey that's all that needs to be said let me explain something to you as we get into that first thing is this number one is this that we are commanded to praise the lord we're not asked to do it we're not said we maybe should do it we are commanded to praise the lord the bible says praise ye the lord in other words praise him he is worthy from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same the name of the Lord is to be praised he is to be praised he is to be worshiped and we are commanded to praise him amen the Bible says this let everything that has breath praise the Lord look at your neighbor real quick and just make sure they're breathing for me okay if you're not tell me let's let's do something about it do you realize whether you know this or not 20 22,000 times a day you breathe 22,000 times a day without even knowing it sometimes you're aware now I did the math I was on an airplane this week I had to go to uh, Georgia for a, a meeting and on the way back I'm doing my math I have about a two-hour flight from here to Atlanta two and a half and so I'm still doing my math in there at 22,000 breaths a day now, I'm not the best at math, so if I get it wrong, don't, don't raise your hand and say I'm wrong in the middle of my preaching. Just act like this is true, and you can tell me afterwards I'm wrong, okay? But if you divide that by the hours in a day, and then I, I just looked and thought, you know what? Some people get nine or ten hours sleep. I envy you people. I don't know who you are, but do not raise your hand because I'll probably throw something at you right now, okay? Because some of us get five and six hours of sleep a night. So let's just average eight hours. If you average eight hours sleep and you subtract that because we're unconscious, we're sleeping, we're not really paying attention to what's going on, that if, you, if I, my math is correct, that leaves 14,000 times a day that you are awake and conscious and you are breathing. So that means you have 14,000. 
15,000 chances a day to praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So time and time, thousands upon thousands of times a day, you have the opportunity to praise the Lord. And we're not called to praise the Lord when everything is going good. We're not called to praise the Lord when our bank account is full. We're not called to just praise the Lord when everything around us is the way we want it. We are called to praise the Lord even in the midst of difficulties, even in the midst of challenges, because here's what praise does. Praise gets our eyes off of ourselves and refocuses us on a God who is with us, a God who is helping us. So listen, and I praise whether I feel like it or not. I praise whether things are good or not. I praise whether everything is going my way or not. I learn to praise because I am focusing on who God is and the greatness of our God. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't like everything that's going on, but I am going to declare your goodness and your good works. And I'm going to understand that even in the midst of troubles, that's why the psalmist David said, I would have given up. I would have lost heart. I would have quit and thrown in the towel. But I believe I could see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, I'm going to focus on the goodness of God in the midst of everything, and I'm going to praise Him for who He is. Amen? 555 feet in the air in Washington, D.C. is the Washington Monument. And at the top of the Washington Monument are these words in Latin. Laos Dio. Laos Dio. Dio. It's up there. You can't see it, but if you go, the national parks will tell you about it. It is the words put at the top of the Washington Monument, looking out over Washington, D.C., and it says in, in, in English, here's what it means, praise be to God. Praise be to God. And you know what I love about that is this. It doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House. It doesn't matter who's sitting in there. It doesn't matter who's in control of what. It doesn't matter which political party is there. High above is the answer, and the answer is praise be to God. That is what the answer for our land is. It doesn't matter what's going on. You don't have to like everything that's happening, but God's still worthy to be praised. You don't have to like everything going on in your life, but God's still worthy to be praised. Not because of who, what he's done for you. I'm glad God's done a lot of things for me but if he had never done one thing for me he would still be worthy of our praise simply because of who he is he is God and there is nobody else like him so God be praised amen and we need the attitude that you can't stop my praise you're not going to stop me from praising my circumstances aren't going to stop me. My job's not going to stop me. My family's not going to stop me. No matter what's happening around me, nothing is going to stop me because I am going to praise God for who he is. Amen? So let's go on. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, thou hast perfected praise. How do we have perfected praise? Number one, it says out of the mouths. Now listen, I am a very excitable person, and I get that. Okay, I know my personality. I get excited very easily about a lot of different things. Okay? And you play cards with me, and I win. You may not play ever with me again. Because I'm going to throw it down, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do a dance. And I'm going to be excited. Because that's my personality. That's just who I am. Okay? Tonight, I watch the Super Bowl. I don't have a, I, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I, just, I don't really care about either one of these teams. Um, but if a good play happens, I'm going to scream. I'm going to dump Gatorade over my head. Not really. I wouldn't go that far. But... I'm going to get excited because I like, just enjoy watching that. I get excited about it. 
And here's the thing, you don't have to have that personality. We're all created different. If everybody was like me, the world would be crazy all the time and high-strung and chaotic, and I get that, okay? If, if everybody was like me, it would be crazy. We need more reserve. We need the even kill. We need all of that. I get it. But listen to me, that when we praise God, whether your personality is one that gets excited or not, the Bible says this out of the mouth. I believe we are called to respond to God somehow. It doesn't have to all be the same. Not all of us are going to jump around. Not all of us are going to go crazy and do those things. Not everybody's going to do all of that. But we are called to do something. We are called to respond. And I believe even with actions you may not feel comfortable raising your hands all the way up and doing all that you might just have a little high five that goes up like this that's fine it doesn't matter my encouragement is do something because out of the mouth we are called to respond we are called to react we are called to use the body God has given us to respond Paul said I wish men everywhere would pray and lift up holy hands without fear of wrath or doubting I wish people would just have no problem wherever they're at worshiping God and you might not be like all of us that's fine you may not feel it in the moment but i'm telling you we are called to use the body god has given us to respond i've told you the story before but i was at one point in my life i thought it'd be a good idea for me to walk and jog that was several years ago <clears throat> and uh i'm in mississippi and i'm doing this and i have headphones on and man i'm having church and i mean just one of those moments i'm out there by myself i think and I'm kind of, my, my idea of running is just very slow, and I'm having church. I just start lifting up my hand while I'm going. Nobody's around me. I look over, and this cow is staring at me <laughs> like, you are a nut. I literally pointed at him. I said, I'm praising the Lord. I just kept on running. Like, I don't care. You ain't going to stop my praise. I don't care. I'll eat you later on. You leave me alone. can't stop my praise. The truth is this, you don't have to do that, that's fine. You can be a normal person that rides down the road, just looks straight ahead and has your hands on the steering wheel. You don't have to be like me in there doing this kind of stuff. But listen, we are called to do something. We are called to respond out of the mouths of babes, out of the mouth. We declare the wonders of the Lord. We shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Because shouting, we understand in that moment, if the enemy begins to disperse, we open up our mouths and we declare the goodness of God. If you're not comfortable doing it in a setting like this, that's fine. Go home and do it your prayer closet by yourself listen but wherever you do it open up your mouth and let the good things of God come out and realize we are called to praise we are called to make a difference we are called out of our mouths we are called to declare the wonders and the works of God amen and then he says out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants one thing about Boston see asleep you hold it up sleep yeah not anymore He's maybe going to be asleep. Here's the thing about this little boy. He is totally dependent upon us. The first child, we would have, blown, we would have washed this off. It's the second child. So here, eat, eat some dirt. Eat some dirt right there. Eat some dirt. It's good for you. There you go. We ever have a third child, we're just going to drag him. Right? This is a bad, my mind, I'm sorry. We have these, they, like, we have these things that they're like a sack, you put them on, and I want to grab him so bad and just swing him like this, but I don't do that. I know that's not good, but that's just a temptation. He is totally dependent upon us for everything. He is dependent upon us for nourishment. He is dependent, dependent upon us 
for everything that he needs. And what Jesus is saying is a nursing infant understands that I have to rely on my parents for all of this. And praise is me realizing I am reliant on him, that in him I live and move and have my very being, that I can't make it without him. And I realize the necessity of God in my life. That I real Here's the problem with most of us. We worship when things are good, and then we try to just fix it ourselves. We don't want to bother. Or maybe when things get really bad, we try to bring it to God. But listen to me. God wants us to rely on him, whether it's good or bad. On, the, on, the, on your best days, you should rely on him as much as you do your worst days. And when I realized that out of the mouth, what do I learn from a nursing infant? I realized that boy needs me for him to survive. He needs his mama more than he needs me, really, to be honest. But he needs an adult in his life. And when I realize that my praise is perfected because I understand my reliance on God, all of a sudden it begins to change things. Because when I walk in here, you know what I'm doing when I walk in here? I don't mean this bad about anybody else, but the truth is this. None of you matter when I'm in here before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords worshiping. It is me and him. I'm focused on him. It doesn't matter what is going on around me because you are not the one that's going to give me my nourishment. You're not the one that's going to give me my strength. You're not the one that's going to give me everything I need. He does. And so I I come in and I focus on him because I need him more than anything else. I can't make it without him. And when I begin to realize that, my praise becomes perfected because I realize I've got to praise him because I need him in my life in that moment. Amen? And then number two, he says, out of the mouths of babes, out of the mouths of infants, out of the mouths of toddlers. I've told you this before about ben Benjamin, but Benjamin loves for us to pray. And the other day he fell down and got up. He's clumsy like his daddy. He runs and falls all the time. Got up. Dad, I pray. I prayed for one hand. I grabbed his hand and prayed. He said, Dad, I pray. I prayed for that hand. My knee hurt. Dad, I pray. I thought, I'm like a healing evangelist up here. What's going on? Like, what part of your body is hurting? Come forward. I mean, I prayed for every part of his body. My goodness. And I'll be honest with you. I have to watch myself. Because there are times he asks me to do that. Because, I mean, there are times that I'm around him, and it's every 10, 15 minutes. Dad, I pray. Dad, I pray. And in, in my own self, I'm honest. I can look at him and say, Benjamin, you're okay. Just dust it off and keep going. My goodness. But I don't say that. Because he understands, he has an innocence toward the Lord that he believes this prayer matters. And I don't want to do anything to bust the bubble that he lives in. Because here's the truth. Most of us, we get jaded by life. And God doesn't come through the way we thought he was going to. So we quit talking to him as much. To be honest. We quit going to the Lord. Because it didn't happen the way we thought. So we don't go to him like we used to. We don't pray to him like we used to. We only pray for really big things that we know maybe he'll do. But we leave other things alone. And the thing about Benjamin is he comes to me with every single thing. Dad, I pray. Dad, I pray. Dad, I pray. Because he believes that God hears. And I don't ever want to get to the place where I turn him away and say, there's no reason to pray for that. Your hands are fine. You're okay. I don't want to ever say that. Because in that moment, I am teaching him to rely on himself and not on God. And what, but what, what kids teach us is their innocence, their faith, that they have 
faith in things. They can believe God for things that we adults have quit believing God for. We just act like it doesn't matter. And that's why Jesus said, unless you come to me like a child, you can't enter my kingdom. He's not talking about coming to him and not knowing anything and not learning things. He's not saying that. What he's saying is a child has childlike faith. They simply believe. They trust. They say, God, I know you can do this. And they just come to him and ask. They come and ask for things. They don't have any problem asking for stuff. They just come and do that. And when you get to that place, but here's the interesting thing. The thing about Benjamin I'm learning is, even though he's a toddler, he thinks he's a teenager already. And he's losing his independence. You try to help him, he gets mad. I want to do it. But you know what? All of a sudden he gets upset because he can't do it. And then he comes to me and says, here. And you know what? It's like, Benjamin, if you'd done that the first time, I, I want him to learn to do things. Don't misunderstand me. But it's interesting how we lose that we think I've got it covered. And if we could ever get our dependence on God again and get our faith back, where we begin to trust him for things, and once again, trusting God doesn't mean we always get the answers we want. Trusting him means, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to you and your word, even when it doesn't make sense. I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going forward because I know you are with me. You are for me and not against me. You are helping me, and you're going to help me get through this. And I have that reliance on him, and I have that childlike faith of saying that. If you read Psalms 8, I'm not going to read it to you right now, but if you read Psalms 8, it goes on to say this. Jesus didn't quote this part, but it goes on to say this. It says, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, thou hast perfected praise. And it goes on to say, and you will silence all of my enemies. You will silence all of my enemies. You know what? Let's be honest this morning. We like to silence our own enemies, okay? If we're being honest this morning, if somebody does something to us, especially if it's public, public humiliation, we want them, we want everybody to know they're wrong in public. We want them to be proven wrong in public. And we want to say, I'll show you. And when I do, I hope everybody hears about it. I hope everybody knows. I'm going to show you you're wrong, and I'm going to make, make you look bad because you humiliated me. You did something to me, and I'm going to do it back to you because of that. I want you to listen. You know what the, I believe? I believe that whenever we put our worship to him and praise to him, and we're not trying to hurt other people he will silence our enemies for us he will do that work for us and you know what you may say i don't have a person against me but you have an enemy called the devil that is trying to kill steal and destroy your life and if you will stop focusing on what the devil's doing and focusing on who god is he will silence your enemies he will silence those things but you've got to praise you've got to focus on him you've got to look to him and as you do that then god will silence those voices that are coming against you those voices that come up the bible says this that whenever you love people and are kind to people when they hurt you it is like heaping coals of fire upon their head i believe that praise helps me focus on him and not what's being done to me and when i when that happens he will be the one that will fight my battles and he will silence all of my enemies amen i'm almost done the worship team will join me i believe one of the things I love about churches that I've seen change over the last several years, when I was growing up, if you worshiped a certain way, you went to a certain church. If you went to a different kind of church, if somebody raised their hands, either they were voting on something or somebody had a question. <laughs> a Pentecostal would show up and raise their hand. Somebody say, yes, can I help you right there? <laughs> yes. We're not voting right now. That's afterwards. Would you please not raise your hand? 
I was, I was uh, at the back of the Methodist church one time for Minister Alliance. Me and the Methodist preacher were good friends, and we're looking at all these people, and we're joking about that. People raise their hands, and we're saying, they're winning, they're winning, because people are raising their hand, they're voting on something. They're voting, they're winning, they're winning. Several years ago, we took a trip with our youth to Atlanta, Georgia, and went to a church called Passion City Church, uh, pastored by Louis Giglio. And at that time, they met at night, and um, Chris Tomlin was their worship leader, so it was a very popular place. But that night, I didn't know what to expect. We drive up, and the hunger for the Word of God was so intense. An hour before service, people are aligned around the building, waiting to get in with their Bibles and their journals and a pen, ready to hear the Word of the Lord and he hear what God is saying to them. We get in there, we get there about 45 minutes early, and we, we, we get a spot toward the back. And we get in there, they, they are more from a theological or conservative denomination. And growing up, it would not have been one that, that worshiped outwardly. So I'm thinking, we're going to have, you know, Chris Tomlin will have a nice little music, it'll be, it'll be nice, and we can leave. And all of a sudden, these 1,300 people began to worship. And I mean, jumping up and down, raising their hands. I thought I, I thought I was in the middle of a Pentecostal service. And what I loved is this. God, the last several years, I've noticed as I go into other churches and I watch churches online, God is breaking down denominationalism that says we only worship a certain way here or worship a certain way there. God is breaking that down and praise. Listen, there, there's a reason. I, I didn't get into this first service, but I'll tell you, Satan was the worship leader in heaven. And it is no surprise that over the years, we, I, we haven't had this here, thankfully, but I can tell you churches that I, I've heard about my whole life that have what we call worship wars. And churches have split over music and over sounds. And it is no doubt that the enemy fights worship and praise almost more than anything else. He wants to divide it because he understands the power of praise. He was the worship leader in heaven, and he understands how powerful worship is. And so listen to me. I want to tell you right now, what, what I believe is breaking down walls in our communities, it is praise. It is people realizing, I need to praise him no matter what is happening. In the good times, in the bad, I am going to focus on who he is. I am dependent upon him like a nursing infant. And I am going to have childlike faith like a toddler that says, I love you, and I look to you that God, you have the answers. And out of that, out of the mouths of toddlers and nursing infants, he is perfecting our praise. One last thing. When you get on a treadmill and you run, at first it's hard because you're not used to it. But after a while, you get used to it and you get better at it. Praise is the same way. I don't even mean just outwardly, okay? I mean the attitude of praise is the same way. At first, you're like, well, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll sing these songs. This is what we're supposed to do in church. I'll listen to worship music every once in a while right down the road. That's it. That's all. But listen, whenever you begin to get that inside of you, and you begin to work that muscle of praise, and you begin to just have that attitude of praise, and you begin to react somehow toward God in praise, all of a sudden it gets easier. And all of a sudden you begin to do it more frequently. And it becomes a natural part of your life to where you wake up in the morning, your, your thoughts are on God. You're waking up in the morning, your thoughts are, you're driving down the road and you see a sunset and you don't think, oh, that's neat. You see a sunset and you say, God, how great thou art, that you are beautiful. You're a master creator, that you're an artist that can create all kinds of things. You sit in a, a tree stand somewhere hunting and you look around and you see all 
all the animals and all the, the, the things that God has created, and you say, God, I can't believe it. You go skiing somewhere, and you look on the mountaintops, and you see the beauty of creation. You look around, and you see the people God has placed in your life, and you begin to thank God. Praise comes out of you. Praise is what rises out of you because you're working that in your life, and your praise is being perfected. So today, if you will begin to open your mouth and declare the goodness of God, God is perfecting praise in his people. Amen. Will you stand up? We're going to praise in a minute with the prayer team. Join me. We're going to praise as we get out of here in a few moments. But I want to ask you this first. Will you just close your eyes? This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.